My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. All right. Hello. Hello. We are back after a lovely holiday break. Anyways, we hope you guys had an amazing break. If you celebrated, didn't celebrate, whatever the case may have been that you enjoyed time with your family, because I know that everybody had their kids home, which I don't know about you was a lot. Like, it's an interesting part. I enjoy my time with them. But then in the same breath, I was like, it's Monday. The kids go back to school. It's going to be amazing. Yes. So anyways, we kind of want, what we're jumping into today is how to make friends that don't look like you and why it's important to have them in your social circles, not only for yourself, but for your kids. And I think that sometimes we, for that, we forget that is it's really important for your kids also to see that you have friends that don't always look just like you. And it's a great way to teach them about diverse diversity and inclusion and really get to see what, how other cultures are aside from the one that they're currently in. And I wanted to When I was going into this this morning, when I was posting, I was like, oh, you know, I always come back to you because I am white, that it's, it's for like, Hey, as white women, we need to have friends that are black and Asian and Muslim and all these different things. When really, I think it goes for all sides, whether you're black, purple, orange, brown, whatever the case may be to have friends that don't look just like you. And we recently, and I think I said this before, so obviously it's important to us to practice what we preach. And because if we're not doing it, we can't sit here and say, Hey, you should go out and have friends or meet friends that don't look like you because it's super important. So what was it? You guys, maybe three weeks ago, or was it a month? Was it a month? You can unmute. Oh, that we, that we got together. Yeah. Yeah. So we got together about a month ago and we had dinner and we mm-hmm. talked about all of the things. And I want to say this because Tomkeen, you, you are the one that said this. The next day she posted in our group and she was like, gosh, I hope, you know, like kind of essentially, you know, when you get together with people and the next day you're like, did I say something I shouldn't have? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. And I think that really what that means is you felt so comfortable having the conversation with the people that you were with. And also I do, I think it's a huge part about trusting the people that you're with, that they're not going to go like really when what Tom Keen had said to us that night really was something that stayed with me, but it wasn't something I ever thought like, Oh, I'm going to go tell my friends or tell somebody else. It was just really kind of interesting. And actually has a word. It's like, Oh, it's called a vulnerability hangover. So like and, and you might experience this right now with your friends. Like say you get together with somebody new or somebody else comes into your group or you guys go out to dinner and you literally just like word vomit, all the things like maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe your kids are this, maybe that all of these different things that are happening in your life. And the next day you're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. And hopefully at some point, and this goes for everybody. And I, I want to say this is hopefully at some point you're in circles that you never, ever have to say that where you get to the point where you're just like the next day, you don't feel that vulnerability hangover because you were being yourself and you were being honest and all these different things. So it just, Tom Keen, that just for some reason stuck with me. And I was like, I'm going to bring that up because I think it's important to talk about. But anyways, I, I wanted to share this because I think it's really important before kind of to lead into this whole segment with having friends that don't look like you. So when I started Detroit mom about my gosh, my son is six, six, over six years ago, it was really hard for me to kind of jump into that space because I'm a white woman who owns a site called Detroit mom. And I've had a lot of haters over, over many years, not so much anymore because I'm a white woman who, who many at the time, black women felt that a woman who is black should own a site called Detroit mom. 
And I was explaining, I had somebody come up and ask me this question. They said, you know, the same thing, like, well, you're a white woman that owns and you live in the suburbs, but I couldn't ever call it Metro Detroit mom, because then, then Detroit moms feel left out. So there's really like, how do people identify? And most people that I know always say, oh, Detroit, you know, you go somewhere and you say, I'm from Detroit. You don't say necessarily, I've rarely ever referred to or heard people say, well, I'm from Metro Detroit. People are just like, oh, Detroit. So I want to say this in the sense that when I first started, there were mainly white women because black women weren't necessarily signing up to write for Detroit mom. And they, it just wasn't something that was happening. And I'll tell you why we are where we are today is it took a lot of work and it took a lot of mistakes and a lot of, a lot of comments really hurt a lot of comments that people said. And then I just kind of got to the point that nobody was doing it. I created the site and what could I do to give voices to women that didn't look like me? And how could I bring those in? And our last writer's call, we had so many women that weren't just white. And for me, that's huge. And it took a long time. It took, gosh, where were we six years in before I do that? So I want to say that as a word, word of encouragement to you that if you're like, I don't know how to make friends that don't look like me. And I can tell you joining something like Detroit Mom is the perfect place to start because you have women that don't look like you all across. Like we have, I think there's 60 plus writers in our group and they're not all white. They're not all black. They're not all, they're, they're so mixed and it's a great opportunity for you to under, to, to really get to know a woman virtually, because obviously no one's really doing in-person stuff right now, but it's an, just an opportunity to connect or somebody else to start the conversation or different things like that. It's just a great place. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, and Erica, the funny, I, Erica, you, okay. Two, three years ago, maybe. Yep. You, yeah. Would that be about right? Reached out. Yep. And at the time, I can't really remember this, but you were going to, were you going to write or you were going to, you were going to be a mom ambassador or something. And then I can't remember, but you've been lingering, not lingering, but putting out feelers. I don't know. Well, I was going to say like, I was one of those people that not in a, like a mean way or a hateful way, but like, I was one of those people that made the comment of like, Hey, I don't see enough people that look like me on mom. So So I should be involved with you. Um, That's right. That that was me. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I love that. And sometimes that's the first step, right? Is, is we can do a ton of outreach and we post and we try, we try to do all this stuff. But I think at some point too, like you, it takes that, you know what? I don't see women like me. So I'm going to do this because I want to, I want to see more women like me or not even that, or yeah, that's a huge part, but other women to see themselves in you and something mm-hmm. that like this, right. That they can be like, Oh my God, there can be community. And there can be women that don't just look like me. And it's something I'm super proud of to this day that we went from having only white writers to now having a very mixed, diverse group of writers to share their story. So I don't want to I remember when I was first interested, one of the things that really pulled me in was Tom Keen. I remember watching a takeover you did a couple of years ago, I think, on Instagram. And I was like so into it because I love learning about like different cultures and stuff. And I was like, I think I watched it like three times because you, <laughs> you shared like so many good points about like your culture and your religion. And I was like invested like for the whole day of takeover. And I was like, oh, I want to like get into the community and start, you know, start seeing and learning more just about the people of Detroit mom. But I, I just remember that specifically. I was like watching your takeover at Tumkeen and I, it really just another thing that drew me in. Uh, thank you. I didn't know that. I've known you for a bit Good now, but I mean, no, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, yes, that was last year. I think I had done World Hijab Day and I had I taken over for that day. And I must say, I was I was a little educated myself in, in that moment because I came in there with a lot of fear and like thought I would get a lot of pushback and, you know, you know, just trolling hateful comments. But surprisingly, there were so many women of all you know, of all sorts who reached out and they were like, 
thank you for sharing your story or just like holding space for that or even sharing it saying hey you guys you know get on Detroit mom and share this live today or share this takeover today and I and I, I didn't I actually was like I sat there the next day going like did this just happen because it, it really felt surreal to me and uh, and, I, and I and it's one of those uh things that I've never done an Instagram um, takeover and when I did it I was like okay I'm glad I did because um it just gave me a little bit more a boost to say that there are people who are willing to learn and, and, you know, and learn more and stuff like that. So, yeah, thank you. I think there are a lot of people <laughs> that do. It's just, they don't know how to ask the question or really, honestly, mm -hmm. you live in mainly a white community. How do you? So that's, that's a great question because I know we've heard it. We've done a podcast on it. I tend to hear it a little bit more is well how do I, you know how do i meet women that don't look like me because i live in mainly a white community so i don't know if you guys have any suggestions for them obviously i can say join detroit mom <laughs> or come hang out in our community because we have community yeah. groups and all this stuff but what have what has been your experience with meeting people that do not look like you so i was thinking about that in preparation of this and in order to answer it i was like well how have i amassed the friends that i have so like, where did I meet people? Because I have, I have friends of lots of different colors. And so then I was thinking through like, okay, so I, I was, I'm black, but I grew up in a very predominantly white town, went to a predominantly white school. So I got plenty of white friends through just through like K-12 education. But I also got friends when I mo moved to Michigan and started college, made some more friends through jobs I've worked at, I've made more friends. And that started to diversify beyond what my high school experience was. I feel like my job has given me, in any job I've had has given me lots of people to meet. Internships that I did, I my first year of grad school, I interned in Southwest Detroit. And I promise you for a few years, I started to identify as Latina because <laughs> I, became, I fell so much in love, like with this, community. Yeah. like I, like everything is familia, like just the coolest, most like heartfelt, loving people, group of people I've ever met was Southwest Detroit. So like, I made some really great, like let, let Latinx connections there. Grad school is where I made, and I just want to like brag on them for a little bit, but my closest group of girlfriends now we used to call ourselves like the brochure because it was me two Chinese women and two white women and at one point there was also a woman who, she wasn't born in India but she was of Indian lineage and so like I mean I know this is super official but like there's our brochure photo like, <laughs> hey. you know we're so colorful <laughs> but grad school opened me up a lot but I just feel like places that I've naturally already been school yeah. and work have brought me in contact with so many people I feel like it would be hard to have not made friends that didn't look like me yeah and I don't think I I mean I didn't travel like I went to undergrad in Dearborn went to grad school in Ann Arbor interned in southwest Detroit I now work downriver which is diverse but is also segregated it's a whole weird thing but like i haven't had to go out of my way to meet people that were different than me that's I interesting just, like, found myself places and i don't make friends with everyone everywhere because not yeah. everyone is cool but yeah. i've True. wonderfully collected enough cool people <laughs> that yeah. are also diverse and i love it also i feel like communities of faith if people like go to church synagogue mosque like there's lots of cool ways to diversify your circle there and even if it's not by skin color maybe it's by age or ability or like culture or ethnicity like you know heritage like that can vary a lot too I feel like those are really great circles and that's another one that I've just always been in so yeah I feel like just the natural spaces I've gone to have brought me a lot of people do you think though, yeah, I'm so curious about this. So as, as people who, you know, if you're a mom in your late twenties, thirties, and you've made it through school and all those different things, and you go to church, and you have that established, what and how do you go about it then? Right? Like 
how... I think I might have something for that. Okay. So <laughs> two of my very close friends, one of them my best friend, I met on, there's an app called Peanut and oh, it's a mom God. app. It's like a mom, it's like my husband calls it Minder because he says it's like a mom Tinder <laughs> that you can like put in all your information and sort of like swipe and see who you connect with. And I connected with a couple of people who happen to be diverse that I like have some really, and we connected on there and talked and then we like became friends on Facebook and like I happen to live in the, like a, the same neighborhood now as one of them, but like yeah, it's so odd, I know, and really weird and probably completely out of some people's comfort zone to meet a, people online, but <laughs> I met some of my very, very close, awesome friends online and on this app, and it's very unconventional, I know, but I, don't you know, <laughs> I mean, in this time of COVID and not really yeah. going out to like be able to meet people, but yeah, like online, I met some of my closest friends, especially, but yes, this app that my husband makes fun of, <laughs> but you can put like all your, like, like what you like to do and what you're interested in. And then you can match with people by interest and in the same area as you or, or around the country or world or. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great yeah. idea. I also think that that is where, you know, I, I know I've heard this several places, people are like, oh, your online friends are not your real friends. When that is, could be the furthest from the truth. <laughs> no, I know yeah. we, there was actually someone on our podcast that knocked that, um, and this other person, like it was, it was really interesting episode, but I actually am reading a book, um, met, like, oh my gosh, born to belong, or I can't remember what, it, what it's, why I cannot remember the first word, but she talks a lot about that is how you can with a commonality, especially like motherhood, that's just like, you already have something in common is if you put in the work, that is the difference. You have to want to put the work in. It has to be a priority. It has to be important to you because if it's not, it just becomes another thing. And that's something she talked about is if there's a community you love. So say you are on Detroit mom's Instagram. Let me use this as an example. And you're somebody who's always in the DMs. You're always commenting you are creating a connection with us. You are creating that with us. And eventually that'll turn into something else. Cause when we start hosting in-person events, you're going to come to them and you're going to meet all of these people. Or when we have an open call, you know, different things like that is you have to put the work in. Like if we have somebody who does a takeover, you have to go to their IG and then get to know if you like, you know, there's, there's so many pieces to this that, you know, i I particularly love the topic of friendship because it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me because you, you'll hear a lot of people like, you know, I, I there's actually a statistic. It's like 40% of women don't have a best friend. Um, actually I took a screenshot of this because I was like, so I thought it was crazy, but I also believe it. Right. Is she said like 40% of people don't have why can I not find this now? Do not have a best friend. And then, oh my gosh, guys, I'm going to find this. Oh, okay. Wait, gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm going to find this and then report back, but it was it's probably, they have more like close friends. Like, I feel like I have a lot of close friends, but then I do have a couple of best friends, but I have like a childhood best friend since I was 12. And then I have like a best friend that I met like later, like later in life. Yeah. It's, let me, I'm going to go to this too, but <clears throat> even this, this survey. So they said this, this thing that I read was we've essentially shift out our friend group, 50% of our friend group every seven years. That's kind of crazy. If you think about that yeah. and that's life changes, interest change, you grow apart, one grows, the other one doesn't. And I think that's super important. And then if I remember, it was like 70 or 80% of people said they didn't even have like a friend group or community. That's insane to me. And I think what the important thing to remember here is too, you could be surrounded by people. I've been here. You could be surrounded by people and still feel incredibly lonely. Like it says, um, the survey was, have you ever felt lonely? Even though you have friends out of this is out of 120 people, 4.1% feel misunderstood, 4.1% different values or views, 4.1% anxiety or depression. We don't spend time together was 19.8% different stages of life. Superficial friendships was 15.7%.
other reasons where I don't want to be a burden. I feel more invested. That was a big one. That was a big one. Abandonment or rejection issues. Can't give what I need. Fear of being judged. Like, whoa, like that's a lot. And I think the thing is, is it's so interesting. I was telling somebody this. I love when, when I meet people or when I really get to know, I'm like, what's your love language. And I know there's more than five, but I think the cool part about that is if you're someone who likes to hear words of affirmation, it's really easy for me to understand. Oh, she, this is really cool. What she did online. I'm going to send her a message and say, Hey, I saw what you did and it was really cool. And I just, I don't know if anyone else has said this to you, or if she's a gifts girl, I might drop a a Starbucks at her door, send her a virtual gift card or something like that. But I think the important thing is friendship is so much work. Now add in, you're trying to, to be friends out of your circle. That's a lot. Yes, it is a lot. It is. Well, well for me, like, for example, there are certain friends I've made at the kids' schools um, who have never seen my face. So they know me by so-and-so's mother or now the person just because we've, you know, our kids have grown up together. They've gone through kindergarten all the way up to now college. So, you know, I've had those mom friends who will still see me at the, you know, and I don't know, I feel like I want to branch out from the word friend to a very general sense, because I would say that list that you were reading off, I think I could check mark all those boxes if it was like, you know, some type of like, you know, questionnaire type thing. And that being said, because motherhood has been very lonely, and, it, and I speak for a lot of moms who go through this, who are just feeling like they're in their homes raising these tiny humans, and decades will pass, especially if you're, if you're a mom of many, which I am. So I felt like I kind of emerged out of my home in my 40s, where it was like, you know, whether it was coming out, coming on, like, on the Detroit mom team, or whether it was just being able to see that the kids were older enough that I could kind of get out on my own without being like strollers and someone's holding my hand because no one is approaching that mom who's already struggling right you're like wrestling one from the car seat you're putting like four kids from the school inside the back seat you like no one's making stopping to say that you know hi hello how are you at that point so I think for me I've always appreciated the mothers who have stopped and just said hello and that for me was already a friend because no one else was yeah right so yeah. if there if I could count on my when my daughter was in kindergarten my oldest I had two or three other kids, two other kids in a double stroller who were not school age kids. So they were the ones, you know, screaming and crying at, you know, because, you know, this teacher letting out the kids late and stuff. And so at that moment, the mother who stood beside me and like, gosh, you know, isn't it so hard type of thing? That's the woman I connected with. Mm -hmm. And every single day at 3.30 p.m. when we're waiting for those doors to open and our children to run to our door to us, that's the small connections we made. Yeah. And I know a particular friend who, who comes to my mind because she has been there for me in not that let's go out and, you know, have dinner out together, but she's been the one like, I'll pick up the kids, you know, I'll drop them off. Do you need any help, mama? A message like, oh, do you know what you're going to do for like, you know, kids dress up in the 60s, 70s? I'm like, I got nothing. Right. And so like my parents in the 70s were still wearing like the Indian clothing because so I had no poodle skirts. Like my kids are looking at me like, 70s day mom 60s day or whatever I'm like honey we didn't do those you know what we were in the 60s and 70s were like in my family's words like no another topic but anyhow so things like that and so I feel like I grew up actually friends with everyone but my culture and so I grew up with my best friend was from Ghana for a good two three years and then I had friends from Hong Kong from Macedonia, from Greece, and because I grew up in a part of Toronto that was very multicultural in Canada. And so my high school had like 60 flags that represented the students that were in that school. So we actually didn't know anyone who was white, who was authentic white, you know, because they were like, you know, the Greeks would be like, we're Greek, you know, and the Italians would be like, no, we're Italian. So the white whites were like, oh, there was that one kid in class. Do you remember? Yeah, he was white. <laughs> So like, you know, it was, it was completely different. So we, for, that, for, the, for us, that was a different ballgame altogether. So I, I really appreciated growing up in that atmosphere. For me, it's been more like as I'm getting older, I'm trying to get comfortable more with the people who are like me, Indian, and like, you know, come from the same heritage background. Because in that, I felt like it was different. It's a different experience for me, I guess, as immigrant children, sometimes we're so emerged with all the others that we kind of don't even know where our voice is in the crowd. Yeah. So this, me in my 40s, is owning my own voice, my own background, 
and realizing it really doesn't even belong in any category. It's everything all across the board. But I think that friendship for motherhood, for moms, especially moms of littles, I think you should broaden your, 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 your definition of what a friend is and whatever it comes to you, take it as it is. If it, that means just saying hello at 3.30 for five minutes, that's your friend. And if that means in when your season of life changes and you're able to go out to coffee with that friend or her invite her over for a play date, then that's your new definition of friendship. And it could mean different things for everyone. And sometimes like being a writer now online, some friends across the pond, across continents are friends who are just like there to just say, I read your book, sis, I read your new article. She's sending me a little prayer. She's sending me a little message. I haven't seen you online for a little while. Things like that sort. That's also a friend. It's a different definition for it. Mm-hmm. And so you can make it mean what you want. And especially if you're reaching out to someone who may look different from you or be, you know, I say they just be comfortable enough to say hello. See the human in them. Yeah. Rather than the diversity there. in them. Yeah. No, like you said, I think it starts there just having the courage, which I also realize can be hard for introverts. I also want to recognize that too, that not everybody was designed to be that outgoing person to say, Hey, hello, how are you doing today? Cause introverted people, I'm, I'm talking really introverted where it's like, Oh my gosh, I have anxiety talking to people because there are those people out there. And, and I, I want to hold space for them too, because as, as they listen or go back and listen, they're probably like, Oh my gosh, I can never do that. So I think there's like different. I wasn't the first yeah. to say hello. I was the one who loved the hello that was said to me. Yeah. Because the took- internet like is a great yeah, space. Right. I've been yeah. And like I, to whoever says like internet friends are not real friends, girl by. I know. Like I still text with people that I met on like in an AOL chat room in 2005 or like online. Like I've traveled to visit this girl that I met yeah, on live journal, like all my friends are your friends. They are. A lot of times it does give you that space, like especially for someone like myself, I communicate much better written where I have a chance to think about it and make a nice sentence. Uh, Like, as opposed to like, if you come up to me in person and want to talk, like when we did our photo shoot, I was just like, I don't know what to say here. I'm just going to awkwardly giggle. I don't really know how to do this. Right, right. But here, that's okay. And I think this is where we could do friendship such a service is to say, hey, this is how I am. And just be so upfront with the person you're into. Like even being honest and saying, me saying hi to you, whether you shoot her a text later or a voice memo or whatever the case would be and say, me saying hi to you was really, really hard. And I want to tell you the reason I wanted to say hi to you, or this was important to me because X, Y, and Z is that when we can understand each other and be 100% completely honest, if people don't want your baggage, that's okay. That, they, that might not be for you. Then you, then you know where you're, where you are. But I also think that it, that is a huge piece to it. Like, you know, Tom Keen, you said in there, knowing where, who your friends are in the sense of what season they're in. But I also think there's this huge part of women deeply craving connection. And I'm not just saying on a surface, hi, hello, how are you? They're craving that sense of belonging to a space where they are fully accepted for who they are. Right. Whether you are white, black, brown, whatever, whatever color you are, I think as a mom, you already feel isolated. And then, you know, I, I think that it's hard friendship it's like I said it's very intriguing to me well it starts with the hi too right because I remember saying to my my husband once when someone said hi to me I said at least she saw me yeah because so much so many moms who are like I'm saying mom of youngers I feel like was a season for me so that's why I'm going to tap back into that is I felt like I had no one to speak to so for someone to even look at me eye to eye and say I see you so I'm saying hello yeah I haven't seen you around much how's it going for me, like I was missed, like, you know, and that's, that's me that was battling with postpartum depression. I remember when my son's uh, third grade teacher had invited the parents in and, and his wife and me had had our baby like in the same week. So I came into that classroom three weeks after having my fifth one. And I was completely shattered with postpartum depression. 
And I remember him just looking at me saying, so how's it going? And I said, I'm not feeling really good right now. And I, and I remember tearing up and him just looking at me and saying, it's going to be okay. And I said, I don't recognize myself right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just even that moment. And I came right into my car, I'm like, why did I say that? I'm kind of like kicking myself for that. But it was the first thing that came out of my mouth was, yeah. I'm not doing so well right now. And it was almost like, can somebody just ask me for once how I am? Not how's the baby, is the baby sleeping well, all that stuff. It was just, how are you? And, and, and because, you know, he had been a teacher previously too, like knew me, knew me. So then I think I, him realizing also what a mom goes through in that early phase, he was like, yeah, my wife is having some hard times too. It just was like a connection at a different level. Yeah. And so I think just seeing someone and saying hello can mean the world to somebody who's been craving that connection, even if it's that level. Yeah. I think too, it's worth mentioning that there's going to be trial and error to this, right. like, you may jump into a space like, okay, I'm going to join the Thursday morning, mommy and me, whatever class, and I'm going to try to make friends and you might not find someone there, or it might not be a good environment or like all those ladies suck or, you know, like they're just not your person there. And that that is okay too. Like, because right. you won't find your people everywhere. That's not how people mm-hmm. are. Especially if you're diverse. Right. Yeah. Like, and you I'm, go in there and people have already told you, the space is not welcome for yeah. you. You feel it. Your child feels it. There's definitely been places that I've gone and I'm like, okay, my big effort, especially as like the anxiety ridden person, I'm going to go to the thing, guys. I'm going to the thing. And then I leave the thing because like, nope, this ain't it. These aren't my people. Like, what do they do? I'm so curious. I think it's like, what is this? Like what feeling or how do they act towards you? Well, for what... There have been some spaces that I left because like you can either through energy or through things that people are saying, you could tell like, Ooh, you're not used to someone like me mm-hmm. and this is going to be awkward. And I'm going to have to either put a lot of energy into educating you on how to be around someone like me, or I can just go back home and not right. do that. Um, mm-hmm. Other times it's just like, Oh, you're all super annoying. Or like, you're not into the things I'm into. And I feel like that's okay. Yeah. too. That yeah. 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 You're right. It's too superficial. Sometimes it's all like, oh my God. And you're like, I'm not in that space right now to, to do that. Right. Like, let's be real here. Cause it's like, it's just so like, ugh, like about it. So then I'm like, I can't uh, like, especially when it comes to places they're supposed to like, just be real with me, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like with me either, you know, like that piece I wrote, I discussed you, your, I told your eyes told me. So it's like, it's real because you see the disgust when someone's like, how dare you be in the space that I am in? And it's kind of like, kind of like this with your eyes, because with their eyes, I've seen, I've been in so many places like that. It's like, you know, when someone doesn't want to move over, they, they have those like things cool when they don't want to give you that seat on the bus next to you and they'll put their, a jacket or a backpack on. And it's like a, like a repeated thing. And you kind of move, keep on moving to the back of the bus because no one wants you to sit next to you. It's kind of like that, but in an adult world. So mm. that's that when they don't want you there or else sometimes it's the trying too hard and trying to talk about everything, but it's not there, but your eyes are telling me that all you see right now is the difference between the two of, the two of us. So just be like, relax. It's okay to just say hello. You know, uh, you can always talk about the weather to start off with. Oh my God, we're in Michigan. It changes like every five uh, minutes. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah. think that people either try too hard or they're just not trying. They just don't want to try. If I feel like it's a hard space because if they're trying too hard, obviously they want to it's a different trying too hard okay like I said when I said see me from being a human means that you and my human experiences are so connected we are more connected in our humanness than we are in the differences that are visible right so like right now you and me Elizabeth our backgrounds completely different right now probably the first and foremost thing that we're is that we're both moms and we're speaking in English right now Mm -hmm. right so from the, from the life that you live, from the life I lived, it's completely different. But you see and connect me right now as two mothers, right? Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else after that, we can find out we're really, really deeply connected. Or it's just the fact that, you know, we have kids that are similar ages. We're going through the same things. Just so see me for human, who I am as a human. Yeah. The trying too hard means that sometimes you're going to slip up and say the things that you didn't mean to say, perhaps, but are offensive because you're not seeing me for my humanness. You're just seeing it as someone who's saying, you might be a charity case, you know, I'm trying to be that good person who has 
Like, yes. you know, like when she said brochure, I feel like sometimes some people want their friend to say, oh, I, I'm not racist. I have a Muslim friend. I have a black friend. Because the token black person. Right, right. That's mm-hmm. the word. I've that's been the there. word. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the word. Mm-hmm. The token. The token. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can change that for people. And it's not yeah. that that where it's like the tokens. I have heard that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, I went to college with a <laughs> I had black friends in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you still talk to them? I mm-hmm. think too, and this is probably unpopular opinion, but like I wrote a blog post about it a couple well, probably like four, three or four years ago, because my daughter's four. I think too, like I said, there's going to be that trial and error in trying to make friends in a new space or make friends, period. I, I think a lot of people, like, I tried, I'm done. It just, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Or like, it's not, it now seems to me like it's almost popular or charming or like the common joke of like, oh, I just don't have any friends. Like, oh, I'm just one of those people that can't make friends. And it's just like, well, if it's something you want, like, you might have to go get it just like anything else. So like, and like the blog post that I wrote when my daughter was new was about for moms to not alienate those of your friends who don't have children, because a lot of my best friends right now don't have kids. And we've made it work in part because I choose like, okay, I when I go hang out with them, I'm not going to just talk about my daughter the whole time. I'm going to show interest in their lives. I am going to still engage with the things that they're doing because it's just as important, just as valid. And I feel like a lot of times people seem to cut themselves too much slack almost with like, it just can't be done. I just can't do it. There's just no one out there. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. clearly like hundreds of people every day or like man I really wish I had some more people to connect with like it can be done yeah you just might have to push yourself to do it and that push could look different ways so like if you are someone who's shy or anxious don't go to the mommy and me class go to I mean we have those amazing community groups like yeah yeah so many groups that are so awesome yeah I would say I'm pretty similar Erica like my group my friend group is pretty diverse in the sense Culturally, definitely, but not just moms, but I have friends that don't have children. I have friends that are from the LGBTQIA plus community. I have friends that are like all different cultures and some interracial relationships, non-interracial relationships. But similarly to Erica, something that triggered me from, triggered my memory from earlier is, you know, I've said growing up in a predominantly white home and school and such, I didn't have my close real first Mm. friend of the same cult black friend (laughs) same culture as me until I was older and I love her to death and but there was like she taught me things about my culture because I said I didn't you know I didn't really learn a lot until I was older so I was like well I have to immerse myself into other friend groups so I can just learn about more about myself and who like what I feel and and but it's not just black friends but Asian friends and I have friends with Costa Rica and, and like I said LGBTQIA plus community so I feel like it's so important and for our kids like mm-hmm. we moved to a diverse community on purpose because where we were living for the last couple of years wasn't and I was like my kids can't grow up with kids that just are white kids <laughs> like I can't yeah. do it they have where to be in the diverse Lamonia yeah and so now I live like Ypsilanti Ann Arbor area which is like extremely it's more diverse than Livonia like and crazy um, because just my mm, sorry sorry yeah you're good go ahead go ahead no no I was just gonna say which is crazy because Livonia and Farmington are right next to each other and Farmington is super diverse Mm -hmm. like my kids go to school with every like Mm -hmm. yeah well that's weird and my kids are biracial but very white presenting because they're only a quarter black but like but they I guess more tan than some of the kids in their class I don't like like maybe a little like for this for the school that they went to so I mean it's it was interesting I was like no we can't we have to have a more diverse it was very important when we were looking to sell our house and move that we 
move somewhere that had more diversity. Like we were looking up statistics. I was looking, you know, kind of line statistics. And I was like, we got to go somewhere that's more diverse. I know too, like thinking of, you know, mm-hmm. for the kids sake, like one mm-hmm. of my good friends who was watching here with us for a minute, but Sarah, her kids play, her sons play soccer and they like put them in a soccer league that is diverse so that the kids would make diverse friends. And I think like there is some, there's, there's limits, but there's, there's some option of choice. Like you said, you can look up, like if your kid's going to do martial arts, maybe instead of doing it in the city, they go to the city next door or, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of research about where can my kids meet new people. And Mm -hmm. then a lot of times those people have parents and you can say hello to them while you wait for the kids to do their activity. I think the kids um, actually do like being friends with kids from all over until someone teaches them how they're different from how who, who they are so i i love kindergarten classrooms because the kids just don't see the differences the colors anything they just they like the friend they're sitting next to them or at their table or yeah. who shared with them or played whatever with them until the mothers and parents walk into that classroom door and then suddenly you see like the kids shifting and the language shifting and who they can be friends with they cannot be friends with and what's their difference and all that stuff so as my kids went to their school and people didn't know I was their mother, they were okay with my children being friends with their children until they were like, oh, this is, you know, so-and-so's mom. And I'm like, oh, hello. And they're like, oh, dear, type of thing. And then I see something see shift. No, my mom said your mom is different or your mom is, you know, and all that type of language started coming in. And then the kids start to sides until they get to high school. And then they hear the slurs or even middle school. Then the slurs come up and all this stuff. I'm like, how can this kid who's, who's in my son's kindergarten class be calling my son a dirty Arab or something of that sort, even though we're not even, or something else, you know, like, and so I think that if your child is making friends with someone who is different from them, encourage it or, or, you know, explore it. Let's learn about it together. Go pick up a library book and learn why so-and-so's mommy is, you know, is, is, does cover up or so-and-so's dad looks like that or wears that or doesn't wear that and all that stuff. So, so treat that as an opportunity to educate yourself and each other and then have that play date and hang around this classroom. Sometimes I say like, because people get a little bit, you know, they don't want that close circle of things. So the, the, the best thing is after school, Kids are playing on the playground anyways. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice, you know, open space. The moms are there. The kids are swinging. They're just like, you know, running after each other. Just make this polite conversation. Then you get to see and kind of learn questions. Mm-hmm. I remember me and my friend laughed because she was, she's Filipino. And we, our kids go to the same school. And there's a lady, <laughs> a white lady. And she walks up to us and she's like, and her son, he says something to my face and he just runs away. And he's a son, he was older, but I think, um, like, I think he wasn't understanding. Like, it was just new for him or something. He said something to me right away. I really didn't care because these kids, whatever. She's like, no, I'm sorry. He just, you know, he just speaks out without thinking sometimes. But I have other friends who are Korean too and this and that. And so, and so my friend who's Philippine, she's like, does she think like you're Korean? And I'm like, I don't know. I think she's trying to say that she has diverse friends. <laughs> and so she tapped really oh. like she went really far. And so now me and my friend, just as jokes, she's like, how are you, my Korean friend? And I'm like, I'm doing well, you know. And, and so we kind of like because we laugh because people just think mm-hmm. you're the other. So you're all together. I think thing. that's the, the trying too hard that you were talking. about. Yes, that, that's the part. That's when you know, <laughs> right? That's when you know you're like, really Korean? Because, you know, you know, I've been said a lot of things, but that was the first and it's stuck. I don't know if people might find some comfort into like, yes, we're talking about making friends that don't look like you and from other cultures, from other races, ethnicities, sexualities, mm-hmm. SES. But I feel like there's also like that, let's consider that up here. There's a step before that, which is just exposure. Like, even if you don't take each other home on the weekends and like go out for coffee, have you been around someone that doesn't look like you? Have you been in the same space? Have you exchanged names? Maybe you don't connect on a deep level and like start texting every week and you're not super close girlfriends, but have you just like gotten around people who are different? I feel like that is a huge first step. You don't necessarily have to be friends with someone to start to recognize that the world is different. 
and that people experience life differently. So like if it's maybe if it's any easier, just start there with am I around people? Yeah. That are different. Yeah. Or yeah, I think I I keep going back to kind of thinking your trial and error thing is if you hang out with somebody and or you say hi to them and it's like this gradual progression, right? Where you say hi to them and then maybe your next step is like, hey, I'd love to go to coffee or something. Or maybe it's even like you're at, like, it's, it seems silly, but like asking for their phone number. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would do something like yeah. that. I usually say, do you want to be like Facebook friends? So we can like Facebook message yeah. and then like go from there or and an Instagram message. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. then work up to their cell phone. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. yeah. And like this progression and then say you do hang out because I think it's so much easier, especially for introverted people to create relationships virtually or where they have this like safety net essentially. Right. So it's like the phone or the computer or whatever the case may be, there's a safety net because when you're in person, there's no safety net. It's like, Oh, okay. We got to have a conversation. Oh my gosh. What if I say something stupid? <laughs> like awkward <laughs> or like, you know, it could be anything or you're just like not vibing. It's low maintenance too, right? Because if you have like someone who you can just text or email, whatever, occasionally or messenger each other, you're not like required to leave your home and, you know, get, yeah. get ready, find a sitter. Like you're not required <laughs> all of that steps. Yeah. It's easy to just write a message and say, Hey, I was just thinking about you. I haven't seen you around. How's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, with all this COVID stuff too, sometimes like just want to know if your family is well, you know, if you need anything, let me know. Like there's like these little ways of doing things and then acts of kindness. Because sometimes, you know, just being that friend who says, you know, your daughter, you know, like there'll be times where people are like, oh, just drop her home. Don't worry. Just, you know, the kids want to play ground, on the playground a little bit more, play a little bit longer. Why don't I just drop her home? Yeah. There's little acts of kindness sometimes. It helps a lot. Right. And so I think you don't have to keep it so high maintenance. Have a, like, you know, yeah. I, I like messaging for that fact. I'm like, I can do it like at 12 a.m. I'm like, I can't fall asleep. Okay. I have to return back all these messages. And I just do that then. Yeah. That's a great. There's a block. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have a childhood best friend. We've been best friends since we were 12. And I actually wrote a blog. It's coming out later this week <laughs> that you'll see. But like, you just like pick up where you left off. Like, we don't see each other every day or like we live an hour and a half away from each other. But I know that if I text her or she texts me or we call each other, like I have someone that I can count on. Like, even though like we don't see each other all the time, but we still like put that effort into our relationship that, you know, like we've lived states apart, we've lived in the same town, we've like, but still like that connection that we've been through so much that I know that I can count on her if I need to like reach out or vice versa. If something happens and she wants to text me something like, like that we're there for each other, but and I rekindling and putting that into it so. yeah and, and that's where the work mm-hmm. part comes right mm-hmm. friendship's not e- it's like friendship is like a marriage it and rightfully so it should be if mm-hmm. you really want a good friendship if you want people to see you for who you are or when you're struggling those people to be there and to show up for you you have to do the work too you have to be willing to be vulnerable you have to be willing to put yourself out there because as much as all, all those things, like I, I do believe we all, and like, it's an innate thing. Like we all desire to have at least one or two. You don't have to have no one saying have 20 friends. You could have two people that like are your ride or dies that, you know, are going to be there for you. And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of time and cultivating and fostering and all of these pieces, right? It's not something that happens overnight. And I think that that's the thing you have to, you have to recognize too, like, where do I want to pour my energy and my time and my, you know, because there are people I've hung out with like a couple times. And after like two, three times, I'm like, mm, 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 I don't think this is right. I just, I was, wasn't like, mm-hmm. It wasn't something I wanted to pour my energy into it. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's where you have to decipher. Is this something that I really, truly want? And I think that 
that comes with putting yourself out there, whether it's in person, whether it's at school, because my school's like that too, Tumkeen, where you go and the mom's way and the kids play, like obviously not right now, it's like freezing. So that's not happening. But that right there is like a perfect opportunity to see a mom standing alone or a group of moms or things like, yeah, like I still, I, I love people and I still get where my heart races and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go talk to her, <laughs> you know, like all geeked up, like it's like an internal thing. And so I think it's just like, there are so many opportunities, especially start in the digital space. Like COVID obviously is not helping things. So like, this is your perfect opportunity to put yourself out of your comfort zone and reach out to those people. Like we put enough diverse people in our Instagram stories. If you connect with someone like that, connect with them at all, go follow them on Instagram, start commenting on their stuff, slide into their DMs. This literally friendship is like dating. You know what else? I'll, I'll also say that you might find uh, friends in places that you don't regularly go to. So if you're, you always shop at, uh, get your produce from Kroger and Meyer. Shop at the little mom and pop shor- uh, store that might have the, the different writing on it. Like it has like, you know, we have a lot of um, Iraqi stores by our house or we have the Korean um, grocery store by our house. Shop in different ethnic places, in diverse places, and you'll meet people who are also might have kids. And I remember for the first time speaking to a mom and she had a baby who was kind of crying. Mine was crying. I'm like, isn't it tough? And you kind of just make that connection there. And we are so, you'll find your places and you'll find so much connection there in places that you're not going to. So if you're saying that I won't meet people in the place I always go to, change up the places that you go yeah. to, right? Have yeah. the coffee at a different location yeah. than the one right by your house. You know, sit there at the Starbucks, even if it is that like, you know, and, and have it in a different part of, of the same a city that you live in and you might find people who are different there and you'll try to book a conversation with no one else but somebody else who's just waiting for their coffee too like yeah. I, I'm, I'm 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 telling you because i'd say i don't have that deep connection best friend ride and die type of situation for me that's that would be like my husband but you know you know that's okay i don't have that you know bff whatever i'm like oh god no it's my husband and you know half the time we're just like you know we're it is what it is. That's another story. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I love him. I do. So but the, that's not my story, though. For my for me, a friend is somebody who's showing kindness to me. I'm showing kindness to them. And I get to leave that place with a smile. I have a question for you, Tom Keen. I, sure. I know we're trying to wrap this up. Do you. OK, I know it's your husband. I don't know if this is, is cultural thing. And this is why I'm asking this. Don't you long for that, though? Like. Yes. OK, OK. That, that's where I was going with this is. You don't have that. That is your story right now. But this is where I go back to. We all long for that. Like, I was, I don't know who I was just telling this, but like Indian, like Native Americans, or like you were saying, Erica, Hispanic cultures, like, I feel like America, the US is the only place that's doing things alone. Like, we're just like, this is our family. This is a single unit, all this stuff. Whereas you go other places and people are raising each other's children. And that's where I want to live. I don't that's know about you. Whole, like that's a whole other conversation about like how individualistic American society is versus collectivist cultures. Oh, Boom. I'm here to have that conversation because I'm ready to move where we can all live in <laughs> together in oneness and like mm-hmm. take care of each other's children. Cause I love that. Like I love that and I long for that and it not be this individual, which, okay, this is mm-hmm. a whole nother topic. So I will, will side note. I was going to say, as soon as someone says like the word commune around here or something oh. like that, we're like cringe, like what? Everyone oh, work together like, and take care of it. No way. Right. I'm here for, I'll cook you dinner. <laughs> I'll watch your kids. And then do the yeah. like, I, like, I want to live somewhere. We can discipline each other's children. Our kids have respect for one another and free, like, that's a whole nother thing, but I'm keen back to this. I believe, and this is where I say women, like going back to native American culture, like we, they relied on each other, right? It wasn't this singular U S thing where it's like, you take care of yourself you take care of your family. And I think that this desire for us to feel that, that true deep connection. Right. And I say this in the sense we went to dinner, you guys, we spilled the tea. Like it was like five minutes in and we're like, like there were no 
there was, there was no, there was no filter. It was like, this is what's happening in my life. This is what I'm going through. This is all of these different things, right? With no judgment. Like we left and went to have keen message to us the next day. We're like, no, we're, we're here for you. We're not mm -hmm. here to spill any beans. Like this is not, this is not our story to tell. And I think when you can find people like that, whether it's you get together once a month or you, you know, you, it's like, like an active pursuit, right? Like is that thing. So when, when I hear you say that this is part of my story, I also want to recognize and honor, like you also desire knowing that you desire that, like that person, you know, that, that right. person, like you have it in your husband, which is amazing. But I always think when we're older, our kids are grown, they fly flown the nest and our husbands are old and we want to bitch about them because <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we can't go to them. Who is that person or people going to be there to, sh to share and celebrate life with us? Right. I don't know. I, I just have, obviously there's a lot to say about this and we're on ending time, but, oh gosh, I think this is a whole nother friendship. There's been a lot of comments. So I think this oh. is like a continued like dialogue that people want yeah. to have. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I definitely need to add on. I wanted to add on, but I'm going to reserve that <laughs> for another time because yeah. I think it is. Yeah. What kind of comments? I'm levels. so curious. Just people relating to the things that we're saying. I closed it now, but um, yeah. people that are struggling with yeah. others, people that are trying to meet friends that, mm. um, like one of the women commented, like she has a child with special needs and it's hard to connect with mm -hmm. other moms that can understand yeah. like, mm -hmm. what her day looks like. Yeah. You know, just so lots of people, someone and else think, slide into DMs. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's important to be upfront and say, listen, when I say I'm busy, I'm not saying it is, a, is I'm not prioritizing you this or that. I have a child like this or, or just being honest and communicating and being upfront. Cause if it's important to you, this friendship or it's something you want to pursue, isn't it so much easier just to be honest in the beginning or say, Hey, I struggle with mental health. Right. Putting it out there because if you don't six months into that relationship and you, you spill the beans and she doesn't accept you, you're going to be like, you're, it's literally going to crush you. Right. And when it's going to crush you, it's going to be really hard to recover because you're going to be like, why even put myself out there again? And then it's just a cycle and cycle and cycle. You don't want that. And so, oh my gosh, this is, so, this, this topic is so good. And I literally feel like that's should we and call I, it part one and continue yeah. part two? <laughs> yeah, this is part one because it is true. Yeah. I, I mm -hmm. literally, and one of the biggest reasons, full transparency, I started Detroit Mom, is I wanted a place where women could literally go to meet other women. Where, where I was like, where do moms meet other moms? How do we meet each other? You know, especially for women who are introverted, because I hear it a lot. Introverted women, whenever we bring on new writers, I'm like, are you introverted or extroverted? That helps me figure out how I yeah. speak to you. Or how it might be I like me though. They might be ambivert, right in the middle, situational, depending. I, <laughs> I that is so interesting to me, Kanisha. Yeah. Really I'm like situational. Like yeah. I might be great. This is awesome. I'm extroverted. Yeah. But you put yeah. me in like that mommy and me group somewhere, and I'm gonna be the introverted person who's like not saying anything because I'm yeah. like, oh. mm. Maybe we should oh. give some guides on like, I am this type of person. Here's how to befriend me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be, no, one of my, we'll finish up here. One of my grand yeah. schemes before COVID was to do like a mom speed dating event where we did all this stuff before we were actually in person. I wonder if there's any way to do it virtual, but like really give women the opportunity because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, like that's, that's fine. But I think having the opportunities and the spaces to create, right, to get to know one another is so huge. So, yes. Okay. So part one, we've concluded this is part one. We will be back with part two after, and we, maybe it's something we'll take all of your comments and in our group chat, kind of discuss them and how we can best serve you and helping you get to this point where you don't feel all those things because I've been there too. Like as, as extroverted as I am. I've been there. So thank you guys for being here. Happy three days into uh, 2002. It's going to be a good year. I can feel it.
So we'll be back two weeks from today with either part two or something else, but maybe I think part two is in order. So we will see you in two weeks. In the meantime, slide into our DMs. I will put all of our our Instagram handles on here. I have also have a private account. I'm not as active as I am on Detroit Mom, but um, slide in there. Let's get to know each other. Like we're here for it all. We did this for a reason. So let's get to know each other and we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye, ladies. Bye. Bye.